Long Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Football Fan Rush. I'm your host, M. Waiting on Cass to get on. We're going to get on in a little bit. We are talking about the NCAA football standings along with the NFC North since everybody's back in play today. As of right now, let's get on with our college. Uh, for those of you who may not know what the overview is and how to play, how the playoffs really work, I'm going to go ahead and break it down for you real quick. Uh, first off, every game counts. The new playoff desire, preserves the excitement and significance of college football unique regular season where every game counts. So no matter who you play, it does not matter whether it's league or anything across the whole conference, your entire schedule counts. It's going to include the best four teams. The selection committee will choose the four teams for the playoff based on strength of schedule, head-to-head results, comparison results against common opponents, championships, one, and other factors. Now, with this, you get the best of all the worlds combined. The new postseason structure creates an exciting 14 playoff that preserves the best regular season in sports and protects America's rich bowl tradition. It does not go too far, however. It goes just the right distance and respects the academic calendar while limiting the number of plays games played by students athletes. So if you don't know, we can, as a student athlete myself, along with Cass, uh, yeah. we can only play a certain amount of games. So that's what they, you know, the, this, the way they're setting up is going to work out. Now, what does this mean for the upcoming New Year? Along with having New Year's Eve parties and everything, we're getting football back-to-back. Fans will be able to enjoy back-to-back triple headers, two semifinals, and four other premier bowl games we played on New Year's Eve and on New Year's Day. Those holidays belong to college football. There will be no other games playing whatsoever. That's so, so awesome. Semifin- the semifinal, and it's so awesome. <laughs> the semifinal games are going to rotate around among the six different bowls, extending, you know, and get and getting more out to the fans. On Monday, every year from here on out, the championship game will be on a Monday night every year. So this is going to give universal access to all the football teams. So every team has equal access. doesn't matter what conference you're in. You will not automatically qualify. It will be based upon your strength of schedule, your entitled record, and everything that you do on that football field. So, Mike, could you do me a favor and repeat that? Because everyone is so, oh, this is all about the SEC. And, uh. So could you repeat that last sentence one more time for me? Every FBS team has equal <laughs> access to the playoff based on its performance. No team will qualify automatically. So the reign of the SSC is soon coming to an end. It may not happen this year, but guess what? It's it's equal footing for everybody. So now finally, finally, every school who's on a D1 platform and that has the schedule that's required to be, compete on that level, they're going to get an opportunity. Why do you think we're seeing Mississippi State do it? They're number one. They've been maintaining it yes. for a minute, and I love it. Yes. It is the ball. Awesome. You know, I, I mean, awesome. you know, and, and especially, you know, with us both having coming up, you know, pre-BCS era, I don't even remember what the era was. I was in college. I think it was BCS, too. Um, you know, growing up and playing sports in that era, you know, you go to school and everybody wants, you know, my dream was, hell, I want to win the Heisman as well. I knew I had the skills for it, you know, but mm-hmm. going to a school that wasn't going to be in that, you know, be seen on that right. platform because of the way it was kind set up, sucky. you know, you can, you're right. You kind of take yourself out of contention unless you go to one of the big schools that everybody sees. Like, you know, I could have went to U of I, I could have went to Louisville, 
you know, and those things. Now, now, finally, it doesn't matter where you go. If you can play, which is and, you have, and, and, and your performance says that you deserve to be on top, hell, let's go at it. I and I and I think that's 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 great for schools that don't get the opportunity to do that. One, because they're getting to play these top tier schools. You can't get better continuously playing the same people every year. You can't because your experience doesn't okay. change. You know, but now you know. Now shoot, I think UNLV is playing Ohio State. I'm going. <laughs> I am going. I want to see that. I have to see that in person. You know, and I think that's either next year or the year after. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad they that, that they're finally getting to the point to where, you know, all the teams get an equal shot of being a national champion, as they should, because they deserve it. You know, the programs may not have you know, as much notoriety, but they can't get it if you don't put them, give, give them the opportunity to obtain it. So well, not only too. not only that. I mean, you have student athletes that can make more choices, but here here's the thing: you really have to grind now. So those big BCS teams that we've seen in the last few years, they got to grind it out. Look what's happening to Ole Miss. You really have to grind it out. It's anybody's game. So player college, well, high school transitioning to college, JUCO transitioning to D1, really big opportunities for some schools that you've probably never heard of to sit atop you know, with the top 25 that we're used to seeing. So it's going to be absolutely exactly. awesome. I'm all for all right. it. I wasn't for the Me too. I'm all for it. So I think it's yeah, I, think I will it's never a BCS fan. <laughs> uh, I, I was very – there are – you know, I'm not like an avid drinker, and there are quite a few things that will make me drink, and <laughs> that was one of them. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> I was definitely – I understand I, I trust you. I understand completely. <laughs> so I like it. I also like what we see. So I know you already have the layout there for our top five. Of course, me, Seminole Nation, no stand-ups. Give yourself a round of applause. If you are not able to give yourself a round of applause, let me do it for you. So proud, my FSU. But in speaking with FSU, sitting among the top five, they're sitting at the number two spot underneath Mississippi. I know we were talking, and there is still a little bit of controversy surrounding James Winston. So I know you did a little yeah, research, yeah, so yeah. why don't you tell us what's going down? Well, lately, you know, I'm pretty sure people are aware of what's been going on with him. He's um, on trial, set to be had to have a hearing about a previous assault case, and his uh, lawyer is working to get it postponed. It's supposed to be held on the 17th. And that timing would be very bad considering, you know, that's next weekend. So, you know, to keep, you know, and I, and I understand where they're coming from, you know, anything to preserve and kind of keep him on pace and steady. And, you know, it's right in the middle of the season. The season would be over in the month. You know, then we'd be heading to, you know, the playoffs and the bowl, bowl season. Um, and I think that his lawyer is making a smart move. Um, it's a great defense when you look at it from a college standpoint. But you always have to look at the flip side that most judges don't care who you are. <laughs> no, most don't. You know, so, you know, so it'll be very interesting. He's not like this. Justin B. James kind of like has Justin Bieber issues. And what I mean by that, so everybody don't go run out thinking I'm comparing him to Justin. Like, teenage life is hard. 
So thank God, like, mine didn't play out on social media with a bunch of cameras. Because teenage life, you know young life, you do some of the dumbest things, some of the most, like, literally, you when you become an adult, you sit back like, no, nah, I didn't do that for real. And so, unfortunately, this is what he's caught up in. The The bad part is his role with the team, his popularity with the team, how he should be conducting himself, and the fact that he has to wake up and realize exactly who he is and that he's on a team, and it's affecting the team. Like, I can understand a few apologies, all young adults, teenagers, they make mistakes. I made a ton of them. Mike, I know you've made some. We're, we're parents. Um, we even sit around and watch our kids like, really? Like, that made sense to you. <laughs> okay. But it cannot continue to happen. It can't just apology after apology. At some point, he's going to have to learn. So I do agree yeah. with delaying the trial because it's a, it's a team that's being affected, not just one person. But I hope this kind of segues what team, that there's no I in team with a lot of other college athletes and athletes in general going forward. So I wish Jameis the best, but no nation, no matter who's on the squad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm proud. I'm proud. And I was told that I have to say that I have a four-year-old fan. Her name is Dana Reynolds. Yay, Dana. She forced me to be a um, Redskins fan four day when they play the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, so I did it. She made her mom send me a shirt. I didn't quite wear the shirt, but <laughs> on social media, I stumped for Dana, and they actually won. She wanted me to be a cow, uh, um, Redskins a skin fan last week. No, they played the Vikings. <laughs> no, but I love you, Dana. Dana is probably also one of the biggest FSU fans, so I'll be putting up pictures of myself and Dana as she stumped for the Seminoles, but her dad is a Sooners fan, so I have to be a part-time Sooners fan, too. All in the love of giving to cancer research and adopting little Dana. So if you see my tweets, and I'm saying, you know, I'm shouting out to the Boomer Sooners, I have not turned on my old nation, and I don't want you all to think that I've ever forgotten you. This is for the love of a four-year-old. I do kind of like OU, but this is for the love of a four-year-old, so don't think I've turned my back I rock my FSU crap. Oh, I don't think they think that at all. I don't rock it harder than my Vikings, but still. <laughs> so that's it. So that is our <laughs> NCAA kickoff and wrap-up. And then this week in the NFC North, we have a few teams that are back on the block as the Vikings go out with a bang. They actually took down, took down the skins when nobody thought they could do what I did. And they went out on a high note on their box. So they're actually – no longer at the bottom of the division, but a team that is making their comeback this coming Monday, the Bears, which is all kind of mess, are actually sitting at the bottom of the division. They're sitting three and five. The Vikings are four and five. Another shocker is we have the Detroit Lions sitting on the top of the division. These are and what I would, call Yeah. Who would have known? And who would have thought that at this point in the year, this point in the season, we will be saying that the Detroit Lions are the number one in the team in the NFC North. You know, but it's, it wasn't far-fetched. If you actually followed how the Lions came out of the gate last season, True. from preseason to the start of the season, you knew they had fire. They just didn't have the discipline, and they were like, it was like romping room with no teacher. Like, you got a bunch of talented kids. If you don't guide them the right way, they will burn the building down. And that's sort of what happened. So now we see 
what that level of ownership and maturity has done. And not only are they sitting on top of the division, they've had key injuries. One of the biggest key injuries was to Megatron, who comes back. And he's back. (laughs) Oh, 81 is back. So he says he feels good. He's been practicing. Ankles taped up really, really tight. And they actually go up against Tannehill and the Dolphins, who honestly this season have been proven they might be a little bit of the truth. But you know what? Now I was sitting here thinking about it. Now I'm, re, you know, going recapping one of our shows in our head. You know, previous shows we talked about the Detroit Lions. We actually mm-hmm. did say that already. We said that if they got their things together, they would be the team that would be on top. Yeah, I remember that. They, so I guess I, I guess we did think. <laughs> it was us. It was us. So I mean, and they got a lot of good stuff going on. I mean, you look at Golden Tate; like he had to really step up his game and. There was no Megatron. So, Golden Tate right now, 800 receiving yards and is ranked fourth in the NFL. Like, we knew he he was the business when he was a Seahawks. But, you know, just, just how the Lions are coming in there, they're filling in. I mean, it's, it's crazy. The what, numbers are you know, crazy. And, that, and that's what makes the team. Like, if you look at them and, you know, I love my Chicago Bears. I'm not going to be like I hate them because of their record or because I think they suck every now and then. Because they do. But you know, with, right if you, when you're looking at people that step in and st- you know and, and and do what they need to do, uh, they have a few. They have that that a few on the same same side. Um, I can't think of the rookies right now. Uh, he just got hurt. The quarterback from the Bears. You know what I'm talking about? Fuller. The corner. Yeah. Conti know, or Fuller? Kyle Fuller. <laughs> Kyle Fuller. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, when he got hurt, he you saw it, and he and he was on a roll. Oh, I love the way he plays. And, you know, he was on a roll when he got hurt, and nobody's really stepped in since then. The defense has taken a little bit of a toll. And you, you know, we saw that last week. Where on the flip side, you know, we're talking about Golden Tate, who stepped right in and just took off. He did. He did. You know, and and exactly. So you know, that shows you the impact. You know, of the, the, these two players. You know, you got one who who hasn't gotten hurt, and hopefully he doesn't, because I would love to see Detroit, you know, keep doing damage. Uh, you know, I can't believe I just but said that, are, but I would. But they are <laughs> battling. They, now, while the Vikings are putting up massive numbers in, in the sack category, it's crazy. You can't overlook how many um, QBs the Dolphins are playing either. Like, I mean, I think they've yeah. got two players. They've got Riley, and I think – Adrian, who've actually combined for like 11 sacks already, and so we we just passed the halfway mark in the season, and that's lethal because while Detroit has a decent O line, they seem to have mm-hmm. come with a strategy to get past that to break through that and straight get to the quarterback. So I think this one's going to be a battle. I don't know if we are going to see my comeback Kings get this one easy, but then I don't, I can't put anything past Detroit because. Games that I just knew, and, like, and that's the whole thing because they like they, they like they like they surprise you, you know, you know. They, I'm gonna roll with Detroit on this one. We got yeah, we got Megatron well, see, back, and if Megatron gets hurt, we got Golden. We got I I don't have a in Matt Stafford trust shirt. I won't be purchasing one. But <laughs> he, he seems he seems to get it done, and of course, anyone that knows me knows that defensive front that the Lions have. I love, so I'm gonna roll with the Lions to pull this one off. I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna roll with it. the Lions. 
I do like shut up. <laughs> I do like Ryan Tannehill though. Um, you know, um, I he he impressed me even when he played. You know, played against the Bears. I love the way he played. And just came out, just no fear, just attack. You know, um, and he's played pretty much you know that way the entire you know this entire time. So with them being, hmm, I'm kind of looking. I got maybe I have to rethink that one. Oh, you know what? I will say this: like if I ever, if I ever want a really good poker game, no, I'm taking, I'm taking Tannehill with me because his face, like you don't know what. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know, and and that's what I love about him because at all, at all, the kid is like still. (laughs) He's like whatever. Oh, that's what you're doing. Okay, I got you. I love it, and and he has a very, you know, to be so young in the game, he has such great Mm -hmm. poise. You know, and I love, and yeah, that's, and, you know, that's that's a great thing. Miami's going to be turning some things around, you know, behind that kid for a long time. That was a great addition to the team. So, mm-hmm. but we're, I'm still picking the Lions. But I me too. I'm still. Know. I got to roll with Detroit. You know, they're our neighbor. They know what the winners are like. <laughs> <laughs> so now we are going to swing it over to. Two teams that did not go off on Tua by so great, but they match up. It is one of the biggest and oldest NFL rivalries and definitely a major one for the NC. Yeah, no, they are not in the NCAA, though. They'd be going to play out if they were. Um, <laughs> for the NFC North, big, big matchup. So we have the Bears. Traveling to one of my, and I am not a Green Bay fan, but the fun that I have in Lambo, I have to tell people all the time, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's a fan experience. If you ever get the chance, you don't even have to like Green Bay. They don't even care if you don't like Green Bay. The fan experience is awesome. But the Bears travel to Lambo to try to take down the Packers. That even sounds funny when I say it. The Bears have imploded. Something that I said in the offseason, something I said in the beginning of the season, the reason I scratched my head when I looked at Cutler's contract and I've looked at what Cutler has done for the Bears over the years or has not done for the Bears over the years that I was a little um, confused at the contract that they did give him. And now we're starting to see not only are we with the same typical second-half season issues that we've consistently seen, from Cutler, but it's starting to come apart. Um, I know Brandon Marshall says he wasn't directing anything at Cutler, but just the fire that he goes into the locker room with is not a motivational fire. It's more like what the crap is going on type of fire. Um, I don't like the adjustments not being made in a game. I'm, I'm wondering if, like, the coaches are looking at a different game than what's on TV or that we're at when we're – on the sidelines, because there's so many adjustments on defense that needs to be made, on offense, we, why are we still running these same plays? And especially, well, you, you, I, you know, I was listening to They don't have a word in a dictionary for that. I'm going to make one up. But go ahead, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was reading an article, uh, Mike, a Mike Dicker article earlier this morning. You know, he's talking about they were um, the title was something to the effect of you know has Tressman lost the Bears, you know, and Mike Dick was like Dick was like no he hasn't you know if you look at the fact he said you know coaches coaching players play, he said the fact is our defense isn't good, 
Okay. Period. That's not. If, if he said the defense is playing crappy, so you know, and then that puts a lot of pressure on your offense. And now you, you now you make making your offense have to go out there and work harder. You know, and they can't focus but, because you got them stressed out because you let the I, other team score so many points. But you honestly, know, so. I understand. I understand what it means to leave defense on the field. I feel like the defense is on the field too long. Like, I, there's so I many spots now that are amounting to nothing. And and I don't get that on the offensive side of the ball. No, the defense is not playing gray ball. So, yeah, Mel Tucker, you have to own up to that. Because this year was the year that we got to see the Mel Tucker effect. It ain't affecting nothing, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sold on the offense. I actually have more faith in the Bears secondary up until Kyle Fuller's injury. And I don't know how many times Chris Conti is going to hurt himself, but we're going to sit him down and we're going to tell him this story about a man <laughs> years ago named Mike Brown who did the same thing. He's, like, injured all the time. Stop. Like, no. Yeah. Oh, I know you're good. I know you want it, but <laughs> you're not going to be any good. But I just don't see it from the offense. Some very good weapons. I don't see Matt Forte being utilized as well as he could can be. I mean, but they're so good. Like Martellus Bennett, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marsh, great offensive core. We just can't seem to get it done. Well, you know, I think a lot of it, you know, all right, this is my experience. You know, I played with two coaches in college, you know. One was, you know, strictly we're going to run the ball, we'll pass every now and then. You know, but we're primarily a running team. Even though you have all of these great wide receivers, you know, you have kids that that are all running sub four three, you know, four four low fours, and got great hands and all of this, but you're not utilizing. He gets fired. Along comes a coach who says, "We're going to take the ball. We're going to spread out. We're going to utilize every weapon we got." And there you have this team who wasn't winning before, who was, you know, on the cusp of turning something around, went from that to becoming something better and, and actually garnering more fans because it was more exciting because we were in an offense that used everybody. Uh-huh. If, your offense, if, if your scheme is not set for, for you know, the people that you have, it's not going to work no matter what you do. You can't force that. It has to be set. Based around your your you know those, those those weapons, and you we have great wide receivers. We cannot knock that. Anybody on paper listed yeah. up and like we should be smashing people. We should, should we be should be killing division. people. And then, and then we should be a top of the division with no a, a, problem. But but then you keep scrolling down on paper and then you see and you're like oh and it, and it gets and it gets worse. <laughs> you know yeah. I don't know what right. story I don't know what story them they you know they tell themselves. When they all go in the locker room or before the game or during the week <laughs> when they're practicing, Are you, you know, I really don't. Self motivated? <laughs> uh, man, something. What? It works. We met it. We had. I'm telling you. <laughs> our it's coach just, brought in. Our coach. Our coach brought in a doctor. And we always see this Jay Cutler. The second half at, after the halfway mark of the season, and then the next thing is going to be like his figures fell off and his. Toe stuck in his shoe. It's going to be something. It's, it's always like <laughs> always something, but the Bears are on the very bottom. And the Packers, though we haven't seen an overly explosive Eddie Lacy, which is, yes, one of my favorite running backs, 
what I am seeing from Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson when my one of my favorite quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, connects to them is lethal. It's lethal, oh, and man, I, do I love not the way they see, play. Even even how yeah, they the Packers are on the bottom of the league when it comes to <laughs> their rushing, their, their defense can't seem to stop the run. But they, I think they they can against the Bears. If they can contain, <laughs> if they can, if the defense can honestly contain how Jay Cutler gets that ball out of his hands, they won't look so bad on paper when it comes to stopping the run. They, they they won't because if you you can get to Jay Cutler, the O line for the Bears started off strong and it's sort of wavering now. It's it's, it's a little iffy and we're starting to see Jay Cutler being planted on the ground. So with this matchup. I definitely I'm going with the R E L A X. Told they told Packers fans to relax. I'm not a Packers fan, but I did take a deep breath. I exhaled like Whitney Houston did about 20 years ago. Now I'm just going to go ahead and pick the Packers. I'm going with the Packers. I don't know how you feel because I know you're a Chicago guy. I know you love your Bears, and this is our hometown. But I just think the Packers might be able to pull it off. Well, I look, you know, I look at it from a team standpoint, and who's a better team? Not necessarily where I'm from, because yes, I'm from here, born and raised. However, you know, team wise, and just whenever they seem to line up and play, the Bears have not been able to stop the Packers at all. They have not been able to do it. So I'm, I'm rolling with the Packers too. I'm not that you Uh-oh. know. Yeah, I have very, I have very little Uh-oh. faith in the Bears this week. Even at you know and. And this is what, and this is why. After having gone and watched them in training camp and seeing them do absolutely no hitting, none, no, they didn't line up and hit once. You got all these people out here, and you don't scrimmage at all. And, and even mm. though it's the preseason, and I get it, and everybody trying to get in shape, and we're gonna look good for the cameras and for the photos. Forget all of this. You are playing pro football. You need to line them boys up and let them hit and knock some of that rust off so they can get back to putting the wood on the dog on people they playing against. Because that's what lies on defense. Nobody hits anybody. Nobody. Well, I've got I another question I- for you. i got a question for you real quick because we did our 30-minute mm-hmm. list today. So we're winding now. Lance Briggs, this is last season. That's how he feels. He put it out there. What do you think? you think they should just go ahead and wave him in? you think they should try to get something for him? Or is this time just done playing football? Um, I think Lance is disappointed where it's going, and I'm, if I were the Bears, I would probably see what I get for him if he's gonna still play. If he's retiring, you think he still has waiting to let him be gone. Do you really think Lance Briggs has something left in the tank? Hmm. I doubt it. I think you know everybody has their has their time. His maybe this may be it. He's paid. You spend most of your time hurt. It's time to let it go and move on and do something else. Maybe he can coach. They show need to help. All right, Jim. I love I love watching Lance play. Lance was awesome. So we are wrapping it up. So hopefully you now understand how the playoffs in the NCAA of NCAA of football is going to work out. And of course, myself, Cass, and Mike. We're over here. We're rolling with the Lions today, the Packers tomorrow. Hang out with us on Twitter, Football Fan Rush, Football Fan Rush Radio on Google Plus and Facebook. So that's it for us on our 30-minute blitz this week. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy the games. Good day.